0: Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we are going to uh, talk about what the U.S. is getting out of it. And it's a fair question. Um, I guess over the holidays, uh, a lot of people talked with family members and their parents or whomever had things to say about the amount of money the United States was spending on Ukraine. And wanted to know what the U.S. was getting out of it. Because, you know, they're right-wing talking points. It's about money, not people, you know, and everything that we've seen in that footage. Just about the money. But at the same time, it's not an unfair question. Something that we've talked about on this channel repeatedly. Nations don't have friends. They don't have morality. They don't have ideology. They have interests. So, the 50 or so billion dollars, what's the U.S. getting for that? Okay, first, on the other side of this, when Ukraine emerges from the other side of this war, it is going to be an economic power, a big one. If at the end of the war, it is aligned with Europe, that's good for the United States. It's good for NATO. We're talking about economic alignment right now. If it falls and becomes a Russian colony, that economic power flows to Moscow. It gets extracted out of Ukraine and sent to Moscow. Um, So that's one thing. And undoubtedly, the, the billions that have been spent, that investment would pay off just from the economic benefits. The other thing that NATO gets, and therefore the United States, is a Russia in check. If Ukraine succeeds, on the other side of this, they're going to be an economic power that just went through a war that had a whole lot of help from the West. Even if they don't join NATO, they're going to be very much aligned with NATO, and they're going to have a military, and they're going to be right up against Russia's border. That limits Russia's ability to make aggressive moves on the international stage. That is worth $50 billion. So now we have two things. And then you have the big one the United States is buying a degraded Russian military. We, uh, we talk on this channel about foreign policy, the international poker game where everybody's cheating, right? There are different tables. And for a long time, Russia was at the, the high-stakes table. They were the big spender table because they were perceived to have a lot of military capability. When the invasion failed the way it failed, they had to go sit at a lower-stakes table. The the damage that has been done to Russian military reputation and Russian military infrastructure and equipment is just immense. If you go back to before this war started, you will see foreign policy people talking about the future of a multipolar near-peer contest. Multipolar. china Russia, United States. Those are the three poles near-peer. After the degradation of Russia's military, they're not a near-peer, and they're not going to be a pole. So it simplifies the high-stakes poker game for the United States. China is now the main competitor nation. Russia is, they're powerful because they have nukes, but... Yeah, they're they're, they're not going to sit at this table anymore. Um, And it prevents the United States from having to engage in two cold wars at once with Russia and China. The last time the United States engaged in a cold war with Russia and engaged in the military expenditures that go along with this, it was thirteen trillion dollars. The fifty billion that has been given to Ukraine—that that fifty billion was far more effective at knocking Russia out of that high-stakes poker table. It, it's a bargain for the United States when you when you when you strip away the morality and the humanity of what is going on. This is a huge win for the U.S. When you look at it, war as politics by other means, and you forget about all of the horrible things that accompany this, and you're just looking at the math, it's a big win for the U.S. Um, I would like to remind everybody as we talk about the numbers here, these are people. When, when somebody's asking this question, what are we getting out of it? I understand it from a, you know, two sizes, too small heart. I get the question, and it's a legitimate foreign policy question. But I would suggest that one of the things the United States is getting out of it is kind of rebuilding its reputation on the international scene. Uh, You can't really put a price on that. But helping a country defend itself against imperialist aggression is something the United States isn't really known for. And it helps rebuild that perception of moral authority. This also helps frame the coming near-peer contest as democracy versus authoritarianism. People who are very much into foreign policy right now are laughing. Yes, not all of the United States allies are anti-authoritarian. There are a whole lot that are authoritarian. But we're not talking about reality. We're talking about framing here. It also gives them that. Um, I would point out that the people in Ukraine want to be Ukrainian. They don't want to be Russian. I I think that for a lot of people that's kind of being lost. I mean, and again, I'm not really, I'm not slamming the questions. They are legitimate questions. When you're looking at this from a foreign policy standpoint, people don't matter. In real life they do. Just Always uh, bring it back to the fact that all of this money is spent on weapons. Because there are people who are having rockets rained down on their heads. So, anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.